heel turn to Montez Ford kissing babies and everything in between. This is Michael looking for brother Matt. Matt, another hot, tasty, spicy week of professional wrestling. How the heck are you? I am doing amazing. That's what I want to <laughs> hear. We had, a, yeah. we had a really strong Wednesday this week, but before we get into all the wrestling talk, Matt, where? Can all the beautiful people find us? Everything Brothers of Discussion related. Well, I I have to apologize first because I keep tapping my mic to make sure that uh, the right microphone's working. We got working. a hot mic, but, buddy. You're live. <laughs> no, it, it's working. I saw it. Uh, we are at BOD Podcast uh, for everything Twitter. The hub for Brothers of Discussion is BODpodcast.com or BrothersofDiscussion.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook as the Brothers of Discussion. You can find us on Instagram as Brothers underscore of underscore discussion for some nice uh, memes if you guys want to share those around the globe. And uh, what what else is there? All right. And we are on Spotify and Google Play and iTunes. So go over there, subscribe, rate, and review the Brothers of Discussion. And, of course, don't forget, if you're a Red Wings fan, you can find us at BOD Hockey. And all of our uh, new hockey episodes, which we come to you uh mondays and thursday uh monday and monday and thursday mornings from the hockey podcast network which is at hockey pod net all right that, that seems like everything uh most important one at bod podcast go over there follow us um and i mike i gotta say we're on episode 102 we had uh we had a weird episode 101 where we didn't hear a lot from our fans uh we we had a, a guest and um uh, it's just, it's, it's, I'm going to, I'm going to say it's nice to just be back in like the good old me and Mike. Let's talk wrestling. It's two buddies let's, talking uh, wrestling. Yeah. 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 We like kind of bring those, it. uh, the interviews in there. We're trying to get more of them too. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good to have just the old classic, you know, just a, a good old Steve Weiser, not a, you know, odd side brewery. Don't harsh my mellow stout beer like I'm having right now. You know what my my like my favorite favorite part of recording right now is what's that? You get a break from uh, uh, watching your baby? <laughs> no, okay, that second favorite part. All right. I you know what? The other night she just started. So at two months they start smiling, babies. Yeah. And she started smiling the other night, and I mean it was like eleven o'clock, and I couldn't go to sleep because she just hasn't really smiled yet. So now she's she's not just smiling; she's like reacting to what we're doing, and nothing made me like feel more like oh this is what being a human is supposed to be like i don't know i don't want to gush too long about that stuff what i was gonna say was Man, that i don't Snitsky have to watch need him. anyway uh <laughs> jesus uh i was gonna say i don't have to watch smackdown yeah. <laughs> uh because we're recording uh eight o'clock on a friday um and of course smackdown i'm trying to find it out on my phone right now so i Maybe we could just bring up some live 
some live segments. But of course, everybody, the show that is doing so hot because it signed its contract with Fox, uh, of course, can be found on Fox Sports 1 tonight. Yes. Um, just wanted to throw that little jab in there. Well, hey. Uh, looks, like, looks like we've got uh, Sami Zayn and uh, Nakamura and King Corbin talking it up with uh, with Ric Flair and his team. And well, uh, I guess T- the T- the face team is going to be Hulk Hogan's team because I see yeah. a Gable and I see a Roman Reigns. Anyway. And Jimmy Hart still kicking. Um, I, I know the structure <laughs> of the show. We want to talk about the Wednesday Night Wars, kind of who won between AEW and WW, uh, and NXT. Excuse me. Uh, but just real quick, while it's still fresh, because uh, <laughs> SmackDown is playing live while we're recording this episode. And right now, Matt, on Team Hogan is Roman Reigns, is Mustafa. Sorry, not Mustafa anymore. Ali. And Matt, Shorty G. So before we dive into AEW and NXT, I just wanted to get some uh, some Matt thoughts here on Shorty G. Yeah. Um, for a couple weeks, you know, whoever he was feuding against, mostly Corbin, uh, would would chastise uh, the man's height. Um, I'm not even sure he's the shortest guy in the company. I'm I'm like 98% sure he's taller than Daniel Bryan. Uh, regardless, yeah. um, how do you feel about Chad Gable embracing? the shorty G moniker. How do you feel about that? Because um, real quick, before you answer, just be aware that right now on SmackDown, he's wearing new gear that has a giant yeah. capital G and then the word shorty running vertically down the G. Um, I, I don't, I don't understand it. Um, to be completely honest. I, I mean, yeah, you know, let me, sometimes when we say things on this podcast, people take them very literally. Um, I understand where Shorty G comes from. <laughs> I understand the origin. Well, what's happening of it. is he's short, and his name is Gable, so he's Mike, Shorty G. <laughs> I, I'll just here. I'm, I'm gonna do now that we have our new system. I'm gonna do our first round. Oh my God! Did you hear that? It just barely ran out. <laughs> it was a stupid idea from bad creative. There we go. <laughs> All right, got gotta get gotta get that out there. So good good thing we got the first one to not work, but uh isn't it though? Isn't it a stupid idea? I just I, So here's what I want to put out there. I, I is, is it the best um you know gimmick of all time? No. But here's where I think it's a positive, Matt. He's wearing basketball shorts. That's where you're going, right? Yes. What? There's He's nothing wearing more a basketball comfortable than a jersey. nice pair of basketball shorts. No, He's wearing was, a basketball jersey, pretty much. What I was going to say is that, uh, you know, we've watched Chad Gable through his, his days in NXT, his days with Jason Jordan. Uh, you know, then he kind of went and did this solo act, and then he was kind of a tag team again. And now he's, you know, now he's prominently on television. Um, yeah. I, I don't think that that's an accident. He's gotten more TV time since we've seen these um, uh, uh, Paul Heyman, uh, the short-lived, uh, I, I don't know if we're, we're even going to say his name, uh, former WCW oh. head who's been replaced by yeah. uh, Bruce Pritchard. We can say Eric, we can say Eric Bischoff. Can we say it's Eric fine. Bischoff? All right. Yeah, I don't want to be on 84 weeks uh, <laughs> this podcast. Um <laughs> but I just mean he's finding television time now, and when he actually did that promo for Shorty G, 
Matt, I got to say, you know, Vince really put some garbage out there. And one of the things we talk about is, you know, and Stone Cold always talks about it. Sometimes you get chicken shit, chicken, chicken shit and you turn into chicken salad. That's going to be our new job for next week. Chicken Sometimes shit. you get chicken shit. <laughs> it kind of sounded like a chicken. You know, I just wanted to say that I, I don't think I've heard Ch- Chad Gable sound more confident. Hmm. I think when he gave that promo, he actually sounded like I'm Shorty G. Like he kind of he sounded like a little like a little pep in his step. Like he had a character now. What do you I, what do you think about that? That's quite a hot take. Um, it's a wrong take, but it's certainly hot. Mike, I I I will be completely honest here. I, I watched that live, and I had the exact opposite reaction. Now uh, listen, he finished that on, promo. Hold on. Before you before you berate him, uh, <laughs> I want you to don't look at it as the history of promos in professional wrestling. I want you to look at it in the history of promos for Chad Gable. Now, in that scope, would you not say that he looked a little bit more confident, a little um, almost excited to to share the news that he had a new name? Uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm supposed to say yes is like a like an improv impulse, but I really thought like there was death in his eyes as he said it. I really thought he just hated the fact that he was he was out there saying Shorty G. I I really did get the like the opposite uh I don't know, feeling from that promo that he wasn't super excited about it. And uh oh boy, here comes Cesaro for for Team Flair. Um I just, I don't know. Tell me, sell me on it. Tell me why Shorty G. I mean, I know you already said like you, you. Yeah, it's not the greatest. The best no, it's of it's Gable, not the greatest but... gimmick of all time. But I, I think that what they're doing is by him embracing that Shorty G. It's like a psychological uh, uh, writing device where um, the character is no longer gonna, you know, be tormented by being called short instead what he's trying to do is take that 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 bullying technique and embrace the shortness and so what he's doing is yeah i'm short you know how short i am i'm shorty g so i think it 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 kind of it kind of works in that vein even if the name is like a, a childish you know something that you'd see in like you know uh bleached hair eminem you know year 2000 kind of thing but we're um, talking about delivery and your delivery right there was better than Shorty G's delivery when he first introduced himself as such. So he's I, trying. He's like, trying. I I understand like the method behind it. I I I don't know. Like he 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 didn't sell it to me. I I'll, I'll say that. I'll I'll leave it as maybe we should ask the brothers of discussion faithful how they feel. Um. Also, yeah. how about quick note here? Um, I will. I'm not a super huge fan of how SmackDown has gone so far. I am a huge fan of the SmackDown Twitter account uh, because we just saw an ad for the Firefly Funhouse coming back. Oh, boy. And there's Xavier Woods <laughs> on uh, on an iPad, it looks like, uh, delivering a promo because he's he's healing up from his uh, Achilles. Looks like he's out for 12 months. Any hoozle. Uh, Firefly Fun- Funhouse is going to be on tonight after Meltzer reported... <laughs> That Fox, that Fox hates wasn't a Firefly fan of it. Funhouse. Yeah, exactly. So what? Uh, like, I'm proud of the the Fox 
on WWE or WWE on Fox Twitter account because they called out Dave Meltzer with that, you know, the the SpongeBob writing where he's he looks like he's going yeah 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 yeah. So with Dave Meltzer saying that Fox hates the Firefly Funhouse, and then of course accompanying that with an ad that the Firefly Funhouse returns tonight on Fox. Yeah, they've um, they've been on point. Uh, I, I love how snarky they are, and I'm I'm glad they said that because if there's no way that's just people on the internet saying that you know Fox doesn't want the Firefly Funhouse. If if you're somebody who likes yeah. to be entertained, you know has an interest in you know professional not even pre- professional wrestling, just like horror movie monsters, you're you're in you're in hook line and sinker. So I, I that's just preposterous. Um, so good on them. Good on them to, you know, turn it around and make it a joke. And then now it's going to be a featured segment this week. Um, let's uh, let's make that pivot. Are yeah. We... Oh, shoot. Before we get too deep into the, the tidbits, um, our favorite day of the week, Matt, is Wednesdays, the Wednesday Night Wars. Um, I, I had a we try to split the assignments to give each other a little bit of a, a break. Uh, just due to the 11 plus hours of professional wrestling that comes out every week, minus pay-per-views. Um, I had a really great time focusing on NXT. Matt, it doesn't look like AEW treated you as well Well, I as just, I was treated. I just thought of what we're going to title this episode, because we're going to call it The Weapon of War. And uh, I-, I want everybody to go ahead and check out uh, the new Airborne album. Uh, if you're a fan of WWE and you have been for like the last 12 years, you've heard Airborne a couple of times, not only as the uh, main sponsored song for the Royal Rumble back in 2007, but also yes. doing the song for Mr. Kennedy when he had that, uh, he had his new version of his song. That was, that was Airborne behind that. Any hoozles, the weapon of war, Mike. I think that that is a great idea because one, we can use the search engine optimization for anybody looking for airborne stuff is also going to find this episode. <laughs> Number two, <laughs> we saw two uses of of those weapons of the Wednesday Night War. Uh, one of which is an almost seventy year old man that does yoga. And teaches everyone else how to do yoga. And I'll be honest, Mike, if we if we're gonna play the WWE versus AEW game, I lost seventy pounds doing John Cena's workout, and I gained ten pounds doing DDP yoga. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> so we'll let you talk about the weapon of war that NXT used this past week. But um, man, I don't know, I. I want to I want to review that segment because that seems to be the hottest segment that everybody wants to talk about. And then, uh, you know, or you know what? Let me let me. Let me back up because we got to talk about private party and Lucha bros. Yeah, structurally, AEW again, you know, where WWE kind of puts tag teams on the back burner and, you know, uh, rather than tag team like people who sell themselves as tag teams this is their specialty this is you know what they're known for this is what they practice you know they'll lose to cobble together you know a-list stars who you know just you know a ramshackle team you know off the cuff and they'll win where aew definitely you know features tag teams pretty pretty prominently um and in this episode of aew we got a couple matches you know in this new tournament to help figure out who's going to be the first aew tag team champions met 
you had a couple bouts. Um, SCU uh, versus the Dark Order, and then Private Party versus Lucha Lucha Bros. <sighs> Private Party had the big uh, they had the big Popsky when they upset the uh, Young Bucks, but uh, Matt, it it uh, looks like the streak <sighs> has ended. That's gonna have to yeah. be. We're gonna have to get that as a drop too. Now I feel bad that I don't have it. Now that we have a drop system, um, I I think what we saw with with actually both tag matches in this in this round was the team that doesn't have the stamina to make it through a twenty minute match is the team that lost, and it's kind of weird that um, I mean it was it was obvious to me. I don't I don't know how many people watched that match and thought, wow, these spots are amazing. There are some great spots, but when you talk about like having a guy, you know, like get into position, but have it look realistic and not just have a guy standing huddled over the corner, just waiting for the next spot to end. I, I, I'm thinking that there's an art to that. There's a reason why in, in movies, you know, we have choreographers for fights so that they look more realistic. The last thing I want out of my tag matches or out of any pro wrestling match is to notice the guy that's just sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting for the, you know, that that next moment, that next spot, as we we dub them, you know, spot fest sometimes, that next spot to start. And I, I'd rather that there was some more strategy behind, or at least some more thought or conversation behind what, why am I just leaning up against the ropes? Maybe somebody hit me first. And I know that that takes a little extra uh, conversation, maybe some conversation in the ring to do that. But that is so much better than seeing a guy roll into the ring, hold on to the ropes, as we saw numerous times, I'll say, in the last maybe 10 minutes, uh, but probably closer to just the last five minutes of that match. Um, Seeing a guy put his arm up against the ropes and just kind of hold his side, waiting for that next spot. Like that... That is not. That doesn't look good. That's that's not that good. Uh, doesn't do it and, for you, Matt. And if it's not th- if it's not their decision making, then we gotta come back. Take a step back, Mike. Couple weeks. Gotta come back to the production. Production needs to know not to put that guy on TV if he's going to be huddled over the ropes. If it's uh, and, and the last thought here, if it wasn't yeah. any of that, then they have a definite problem with stamina with private party. Because those those moves at the end, I mean, that was a struggle to pick up. Uh, I mean, either one of the Lucha Bros. I, I just it was it was hard to watch because it looked like a couple of times we were going to see some snapped necks. There were some moves that I mean, right now I'm going through a glass of wine while we're doing this, and I'm out of breath because I'm a big fella. But <laughs> that I mean that that's kind of what it looked like with Private Party, and I, I'm not. Jesus, I'm I'm only speaking to what I saw. I I can only, you know, if it does happen in the WWE, then we go to the production and we say, okay, they've made the right production choices. Where I don't see a guy that's just sitting there waiting on on the edge of the ring, uh, waiting for that next spot. And and I'll I'll, I'll leave it at I'll I'll leave it at that. But the uh, for at least the 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 guys that look exhausted in the ring because the Dark Order wasn't much better. Um, I would like to see Private Party kind of figure out who is the legal man in the ring because that also turned into a problem in that match yeah that that's kind of what i wanted you to um kind of weigh in on because like one of my favorite things going through like the 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 annals of like the wwe network is just going through like a like a monday night raw 
you know, for a couple weeks in a, row, in a row and just watching, like, yeah. the Heart Foundation battle fill in the blank. Yeah. And even though, like, a, like a tag team match kind of has, like, in that era has um, kind of the expected beats that you're wait like, you're waiting for the match to hit where, um, like, the heel team uses some, you know, double team tactics, uh, kind of takes down the... Um, you know, the more agile tag team member, and we're waiting for the hot tag from the, usually, you know, the stronger wrestler. Um, and it, like, the crowd knows, knows the game. We, you know, we at home know the game. Um, we all know how it's structured, but it's, it's something that, you know, that, that payoff is still there. You know, it's like watching a superhero movie. You know, the, ba- uh, the bad guy's going to lose at the end, but, you know, that, that kind of underdog mentality with everything against them, watching the hero, like, triumph and get the victory at the end, it's, it's still fulfilling as a as a viewer. But, I don't know, it, it, it feels like I'm not really getting that experience watching AEW, that they are more comfortable kind of wrestling a... I won't say... I won't say it's, you know, a tornado tag, but that it doesn't seem like... Um, like, it seems like the way yeah. that they usually structure most of the show, like their singles matches, like the referees, like, with a 20-minute time limit. So it feels yeah. like there are shackles, like, in place, but they don't do that in the tag teams. Like, they, it definitely seems a lot more lenient. No, you're right. Um, lenient is a is a, is a really <laughs> kind of soft description of, like, a Young Bucks match, where it's it's like all four guys are just you know, hopping and jumping over the ropes with, you know, no, no regard, you know, for, you know, what we've come to learn, our tag team, you know, wrestling rules. Um, yeah. And it's, not, I, I don't know if it bothers me, if it's something you just have to get used to, but I feel like at least in this tournament that those rules should be a little no, stricter. And I think you're making a great point. Cause the other thing I wanted to talk about in regards to them knowing who's actually tagged in the match and not have the, the wrestlers arguing about who can be pinned at that moment. Uh, the one, th- you know, uh, last week we said, JR, what was he saying? Mike, a W the wins matter, right? Oh, wins and loss matter. He also made a point during that same match you're talking about, and of course the next match, which had the same exact issues of how important it was to have a guy in the corner holding the rope because that's the rule. And making reference to the fact that the WWE does not follow that rule. Now, we're going to come to this point later about how many times the WWE is mentioned in an AEW program, and of course, how many times it's mentioned in an NXT or WWE program. That being said, uh, let's let's probably not do that, and then have the whole match just be this mismatch of a tornado tag. When you're you're you have your announcer actively making the point to run down the competition for not following the rules, and there you have yourself, your own brand not following the rules. So I. <sighs> It's just, it, it's, you were saying it before we even started, because what are we doing here? We're being really nitpicky when, what are we watching? We're watching pro wrestling. But I think, I mean, I, I think if we're going to ask either one of these brands to kind of follow their promises, uh, you know, follow the rules uh, and, and, and practice what you preach, I feel like AEW is the one that that's struggling the most because WWE 
comes right out and says, hey, uh, we're here to compete with everything that's on primetime. So if we're not a strictly pro wrestling show, sorry. Like, <laughs> they come out and say that. <laughs> And AEW said, we are the answer for anybody that's looking for pro wrestling. And there's a couple of things here that are missing the mark. And I'll be honest, Mike, I didn't put it in the notes, but there's another thing I wanted to touch on that seems to be an issue in regards to wrestling being for everyone. Because AEW is already making the choice to not have Sonny Kiss and Nyla Rose on their programming uh, for a couple weeks now. So where or let's let's I mean we could focus on Sonny Kiss. I mean, we're talking a TV 14 program, so if he's going to do something that's a little raunchy, should be fine. Did he he definitely wasn't the problem for me when I watched like the uh the pay-per-views and we talked about some of the wrestlers looked a little green in the ring. He's a guy that actually looks very smooth when he's transitioning between moves. So yes, I so all of this is actually a summation point. We're making the point that we follow the rules, right? We're making the point that we are the pro wrestling show better than WWE. We've also made the point, and I'm we being AEW, that we're going to focus on diversity. Mike, have all of these just been a PR stunt to get people to check out AEW because they're also not focusing on the young wrestlers? The main event for their next big pay-per-view is Cody Rhodes versus Chris Jericho. Hot tag, Mike. I, Are they missing I, the mark on no, all of these promises I, we got months ago? I, well, we're talking, I laid out. I don't know. Text. I think that's a segment we're gonna. It's a segment we're gonna talk about later. Um, like who's done a better job of trying to get over young guys? I just think AEW is still in an unenviable position where they have a lot. They have to try and get over young guys, but they're also so new that the only way you can get over young guys is to establish older guys. So at least to start, you have to like, for example, give Chris Jericho the championship. I don't, I don't think that's debatable. That he, now he should be him. He's the biggest star. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm gonna I mean, be considering I'm gonna how much they, they pay that, that guy. Yeah, I yeah. Considering how much they pay that guy, he he kind of kind of has a say in creative. Um you know, and you're welcome. Uh I just like wrestling is so tough to like criticize sometimes cuz you want that immediate gratification and that like, well, you're going to be the guys who change wrestling, who change everything for the better. Yeah, we are still pushing Cody Rhodes and Jericho, and it's just like, yeah, but we can't have, you know, every week is Darby Allen versus, you know, some guy you've never heard of, because then it, it just doesn't establish him at all. Like, you, you gotta have him bump, you gotta have him bump ugly, uglies with the names you actually know to kind of prove, like, oh, okay, he, wow, he's, you know, he's fighting against a, 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 a person I actually know exists, you know, somebody with a Wikipedia page. So, I, I think that AEW again. It's I think it's something that we're gonna have to, you know, rehash every week, at least for the the near future. Is you gotta be a little patient. 
and it's tough because you you want him to be good. Cody himself says, "Hey, tweet at me. Let me know what sucks." But it's like, in some capacity, I I kind of get it. Like you know, I only you, have you 140 can't... characters, Cody. You can't. Well, I mean, <laughs> I know. Like you I can't know get Robin over if he's not with Batman, or you know, he's not fighting the Joker. Like you can have him fight somebody else, but it's going to be more of a slow burn. You know, like Batman was. So it's. You know, initially, so you gotta. I don't know. You need those established guys. I, I'm, I'm willing to, I'm willing to be patient. That's, that's my stance. And I'll, I'll say, that, I mean, you, you are a thousand percent right. And the one thing that I, I was trying to say too was, they've got a lot of promises. To, I don't know. Um, a lot of those promises still have to like come to fruition, and they've yeah. only had a short amount of time to do it. And they've made far more strides in like just their pay-per-views than the WWE has in decades. So I'm <clears throat> bringing up those points because I'm also laying out facts. Uh, and I, I like I like how you, you interpreted it because there is so much more AEW in front of us, ahead of us, than we've experienced right now. So right. Uh, I, for one, still want to see this brand expand because I would like to see a show in effing detroit maybe uh yep. of course uh it looks like they're hitting up like looks like some some of the midwest universities yeah. uh and not necessarily like they're, i don't think they're coming to little caesar's arena but uh hopefully somewhere in michigan um because that's what i want to see i want to see the success of this place so i can go visit or, or experience one of these shows because um I, it's got to be one of the 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 things that i'm missing because that audience goes ape oh right this isn't the hockey show i can swear i was trying to think how to replace shit that audience went ape shit for ddp man and i (laughs) it was it was about you know out of 10 it was like a five for me that that was it was a surprise and i went oh oh right it's just ddp (laughs) but um you know, there was well, there was a pretty good like the rest of the segment. I, I did like I, I compared it to like me running away from you. And that's why I enjoyed that segment yeah. so much. We're going to talk later about um, some issues that CM Punk and Kevin Nash had with that segment. Um, but honestly, I I was giggling through it. Uh, I I enjoyed it quite a bit. And and I did mention the fact that Cody and Jericho are now the main event in the next pay-per-view. If I take that out of the equation, I, we're not going to mention it for the rest of the, or at least the rest of the segment about, you know, older guys taking the main event spot. Cause I think you made a great point about why that's happening. Take that out of the equation. That was, that was an awesome segment. That was so much fun. Uh, at least I, I'm going to say once he started going up the stairs, I, I could have done without DDP. I, 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 <laughs> I, I didn't necessarily need that. I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, it could have just been the young bucks that came out and helped. I thought that would have been so much more fun, especially with kind of the feud that's brewing already between the yeah. young, young bucks and the, um, Oh my yeah, God. What's you know, name? I've heard one kind of interesting name? critique on that. Um, the inner circle, just that the inner circle, like is the, is the, is the heel faction. Yeah. You know, and it feels like it's really soon in the game to, um, um like introduce like a ton of faces who can oppose them so it's kind of like and we might want to touch on this in the tidbits but it's just kind of interesting that they're already doing that and it it makes the 
um, like the inner circle not seem that they're not strong, but that there is somebody who can stand up to them already. And it's, you know, if you're think you know, you talk about, you know, inner circle can go up against like all elite, which is already, you know, Omega, Cody, Young Bucks, and then like all those, uh, uh, like MJF is kind of there. Uh, like arguably Pac is kind of there. Uh, you know, Dustin Rhodes is kind of there. DDP is kind of there. So you just, you don't want to get it to a point where it's like that WCW nightmare where it's, you know, NWO versus NWO, you know, red and black. And then there's like 40 guys against 40 guys. Then it's, you know, uh, you know, the gang, the gang warfare scene in the Warriors, that movie from the seventies that we love so much. Um, I just, I would have punted, I guess. I, I wouldn't have, you know, I wouldn't have been so worried about, um, you know, trying to even the odds so quickly. And I think, you know, looking at what time we're looking at here, about a half hour in, I think this is a, a pretty good time to segue into what NXT brought to the table this week. Um, Definitely. Be- because Undisputed Era, uh, you know, kind of crashed the party after Roddy Strong defeated Keith Lee and uh, Dijakovic. And my God, just a incredible, another incredible match uh, for Lee and Dijakovic. Um, it, you know, it was another King Kong versus Godzilla. And then, you know, you had Roddy Strong there slapping the crap out of people's chests. Uh, but the real money conversation was the, the, um, the aftermath where, um, Undisputed Arrow basically, you know, was celebrating in the ring. Um, and Tommaso Ciampa came out, you know, to challenge and, you know, get a, get some FaceTime with Goldie and, you know, everybody's hearts were, were pumping with, you know, adoration when Johnny Gargano came out. My God, DIY is here. And Finn Balor's music hits. And my Ooh. God, Finn Balor is going to team up with DIY. They're going to fight Undisputed Era at War let's Games. Hear, let's hear what that sounded like. <laughs> Drop it. Better. Still four against three. What the hell? Oh my what god! The hell? No! Oh my god! <laughs> Undisputed era falling to Massachapa! But what the hell has gotten into Finn Balor? And of course, that was uh, Amaro reacting Ronello, to Finn Balor yeah. doing the Pele kick right to Johnny Gargano's chin. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he was the voice. He was definitely like the voice for all of us. Cause I, I think everybody's jaw dropped when Finn Balor turned heel. Um, this is one of those things though, where I, I definitely want to like pet. Don't, don't just don't give those blanket statements that WW creative is bad. This was an a plus. Okay. Cause I, I wanted to make sure that Matt, I touched uh base with undisputed era comes out. Champa comes out. Gargano comes out. Finn comes out, and then you think they're going to go to war, and then Finn starts to take off his jacket to fight, and then he Pele kicks Gargano, and then all hell breaks loose. So it's not just that Finn Balor came out and switched sides. Um, And for the record, he did not join Undisputed Era. He was just in a black shirt. It just seemed like he wanted chaos. Um, 
it was just one of those little details that I feel NXT just hit an absolute grand slam home run with because they they baited you. They baited you so yeah. hard that DIY oh, yeah, and Finn were going to get t- together and do battle with this undisputed era who's got all the titles in NXT. I'll tell you who was baiting And Finn so Balor hard. just totally put a wrench in that I'll plan. I'll tell you who was baiting so hard. Um, yeah. We all were. Uh, yeah. So there's so many uh, things to dissect from this. And, and I think to your point of making that, you know, the blanket statement that WWE creative is bad. And this is so far off base from that. I mean, that that's why this was such a good move because there are so many things to dissect, including Mike, the finger pointing as the show went off the air from Finn Balor. If we were live right now, you'd see me doing it. Did the double finger point as if he had a couple of guns in his hand. Mike, very similar too. When he was in New Japan, part of the Bullet Club. Bingo, bingo, exactly what he would do. Uh, as, as so many people uh, went to Twitter and, and flooded Twitter with, uh, as you like to say, with uh, different video examples of Finn Balor doing that to his opponents in New Japan. And he, he started out the night by yeah. telling everybody that his future is his past, I think is, or his past is his future. Either way, he's talking about how old evil Finn Balor is here. And I, I just when I say there's so much to unpack from this, first of all, you 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 hit the nail on the head. This was just such a great way to go because it, it wasn't anything we saw coming. And it's a great way to get us excited for the next episode. What are we watching? Episodic TV. What do you bring? Yep. How do you get someone to watch the next episode? A cliffhanger, sure. But this is just great storytelling. I wouldn't necessarily list this as like a cliffhanger. It's not like they said, you know, who's going to join Undisputed Era coming up next week. Not something like that. This was just a great ending to an episode of television. But what else? You know, uh, the other thing we want to start dissecting is how far is this going to go? Because he's already alluding to the Bullet Club. And then you've got every member of the OC, Mike tweeting their excitement that Finn Balor turned heel. And I, I just... <laughs> I, I can't... I don't know. I can't contain... Like, the, the, the childhood feeling I got. You know, this is the same thing we talked about back in May, I think, or was it June, when AEW had their... Um, that was... Wait, that was All Out? Or... Double or Nothing. When they had Double or Nothing, and we sat there and we defined the whole show as like feeling like a kid again. Like wrestling felt so cool. Wrestling felt fun. That's what Double or Nothing was. This episode of NXT had me feeling that way. Wrestling was cool again. You got a guy with a leather jacket kicking Johnny Gargano's chin off. That was so awesome. But now you've got like the potential for, for such a cool faction to build in NXT or the main roster. And you've got you've got our favorite wrestlers to at least you know hear them talk, uh, maybe not to see them fight, um, and Gallows and Anderson, yeah. but uh, you know two guys that actually enjoy the sport or enjoy the performance art of pro wrestling and and going straight to Twitter and you know what building that excitement and giving us something else to think and talk about. With all that being said, Mike, and, and so much still to dissect from this Finn Balor attack on Johnny Gargano. What, where, I mean, what is the zenith? Where, how does this become the greatest wrestling story 
told so far this year? Well, I I don't know about like the greatest thing ever. I, I mean, I, here's here's why I it was such a why success. Is it? I said, I, what I just, gets it to be that? Oh, said, what gets it? To um, be? I, I, here's here's what I'll say, Matt. The best segments and the reason that I think Gargano and Champa, whatever they've been doing together, like in the past, you know, eighteen months, the reason that it's been so good is that it has done three things. Um, it's referenced the past. It's been incredible in the moment, and it's gotten you excited for what's going to come. So it's like the moment to moment you know, interactions, uh, matches, uh, conversations. Those have been really well executed, but they've been so executed because they've referenced the past so strongly. And additionally, they haven't given everything away. So they've gotten you so excited that you you can't wait for the next episode. So that's why this segment was, was so well, just perfectly orchestrated. Uh, from the camera work to the writing to the performers, uh, this is an A plus. Like I, I, I can't wait for next Wednesday. I know we got to watch, you know, the rest of SmackDown tonight. You know, we got Raw coming next week, and then after that, you know, we got our another Wednesday Night War, and you know all that. You know, we're going to talk about what's going on in Saudi Arabia, but this, this was excellent wrestling stuff. This is the kind of stuff that makes me excited to be a wrestling fan. Well, I'm wondering, because uh, we do have so many things we're excited for. Um, yeah. I would say it changes on a week-to-week basis, but one of those things has definitely been the Firefly Funhouse. Do we want to take a second and actually play the Firefly Funhouse live while we're, because uh, uh, as I'm watching SmackDown, I see Bray Wyatt crying over the grave of Ramblin' Rabbit. I wonder, I wonder if we can... Yeah, let's get it in there. Can you hear that? Before I begin, I'd like to give you all a chance to say Yes. He's picking out the mutilated rambling rabbit if you're not there yet on your screen. God. Oh no. <laughs> well, Mercy just killed Ramblin' Rabbit again. I love the crowd popping well, for his resurrection. Cool. I mean, 
think about what we just watched. And this was just Bray Wyatt bringing Ramble and Rabbit back and nothing too much more than that happening. It was still just it was an A-plus promo. I, I giggled through the whole thing. That Firefly Funhouse. If, they, if, if, if Meltzer was right and there was like a sniff from Fox, some inkling they wanted to get rid of that because they thought it was dumb. Oh my God. They would have no idea. But here we are. Here's the proof. Funhouse, back. Ramblin' <laughs> Rabbit, back. Oh. Funhouse, woo! But... <laughs> But uh, oh man, that's got to be another one of our drops. Yeah. Get that um, real quick, because I know we're um, we're already at forty five minutes here, um, and I do want to talk about talk a little bit about Saudi Arabia and uh, the crown jewel coming up. Um, just real quick, so Matt, uh, the undisputed era versus DIY, and then Finn Balor interjecting himself. Great, great stuff. Uh, preceded by Roddy, Keith Lee, and Dijakovic going to war. Uh, my God. We're, again, I think we talked about it last week, how spoiled we are with how athletic these big men are. Um, and they, they did it again. And then they were in the ring with Roddy Strong, who's arguably one of the best in-ring performers. You know, we get the pleasure to watch. Um, but, I, you know, NXT, I think, has gotten a little bit better since they've gotten away from that first, you know, live yeah. episode or two on USA, Matt. Um just because I haven't tried to force feed title match, title match, title match. Uh, right. You know, I know I just mentioned Roddy Strong, but that wasn't the focus. You know, it was the focus was Undisputed Era. Um, but yeah, like uh, Jessamyn Duke and Marina Shafir uh, battled Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox, And it's going to be really exciting because, uh, you know, uh, the leader of Team Kick and uh, Tegan Knox are going to fight the Kabuki Warriors on nxt like man if you're an nxt you know like nerd you're you're just doing cartwheels down the aisle like you are in for such a treat i i can't i i honestly can't wait for next wednesday um and then we just got you know little little nuggets before that we got to see you know our girl rhea ripley um further establish herself against bianca belair you got uh matt riddle and cameron grimes going at it and Man, are they giving Grimes the rub? Uh, he gets to fight Adam Cole. He gets to fight uh, Riddle. He gets to push Tyler Bate, and now they're gonna fight each other. Um, and by the way, Matt, moment two outside of Finn Balor with his um, uh, Pele kick. Moment number two was Matt Riddle's perfect illusion to bill goldberg with his jackhammer on cameron grimes oh my god <laughs> he <laughs> he uh you know uh tucked the arm under tucked the head under his armpit just like goldberg and kind of did the before he put him up for the vertical it was beautiful um and then uh the other guy they're really pushing from that i've never been on tv before tournament <laughs> uh angel garza got another win so it just looks like they're you know i only I, you don't want to dwell on these guys too much but um you know they're making efforts and it's something we're going to talk about in a minute uh they're making efforts to get over these young guys um so matt overall i gotta say because uh, we're not you and i are we don't give a hoot about the tv ratings i i don't think that that's really a an accurate representation of how entertainment is digested these days. Yep. I think you and I are on the same page on that. Um, I mean, Matt, what would you say was the better I, well, show? Well, a couple of things, you know, we really didn't give too much time to the Omega and Janela match was great. Um, I, I did enjoy the young bucks versus the best friends, but still 
you know, a little more focused on the spots than the art. And then um, I got to say, Mike, uh, my least favorite thing in professional sports is if I'm watching an NFL game and it ends in a tie. So great. It's yeah. more of a sport. I think you're defining it that way. But that was definitely like a big old for me. Uh, it wasn't something I was excited to see. <laughs> I didn't walk away and go, oh, my God, can you? They said it was going to be a sport. Oh, my God. They ended it in a tie. To me, that says we're not sure who we want to have go over. And I don't know. Like, if you talk, like, decisions that middle management might make in that regard, that's somebody, like, not making a decision. I think it's an easy answer. NXT was the better show. Um, The show that I'm excited to watch next week. And I'm very happy to say that will be the show I will be tweeting about you, Mike. You can watch uh, the tag team championships. Uh, they'll be decided next week. So I hope you enjoy that. Um, feel free to come on over, you know, whenever. <laughs> I will. Uh, Matt, I'm going to say NXT was uh, the better show this week. Uh, suggested improvements. I... I don't know. I really liked NXT from start to finish. The more interesting I guess... conversation is um... AEW's improvements because we go back. Yeah. to this yeah. segment of Cody Rhodes and Chris Jericho uh talking to each other. Kevin Nash, I'm just going to I'm just going to state this as look, if if we're going to talk comparing this to pro sports, every league has, you know, this talking head show before and after that features former professional athletes, NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, the NHL, if anybody watches that. So this is Kevin Nash's take, okay, on that segment. He says he's doing he says Cody's doing this wrong. Uh he's citing Chris Jericho having a mic takes away from the magic of what this moment could have had. And then uh having uh an announcement and withholding it is is also very WWE. That doesn't affect me as much as CM Punk saying exactly what I've been saying since Double or Nothing. Stop comparing yourself to WWE <laughs> on live TV. It it comes back to the issue that, um, you know, we were talking about PR stunts. Stop selling to that crowd that's in the stadium and start doing your show. Start writing your story. We talked to Land Pitts last week who made the great point, like, if if you are telling a good story, you're doing good creative, you can't be too worried about what the audience is going to say. And if you are doing a good story, the audience is going to love it. So stop coming back to your story being this is us versus WWE. Because it is so much more than that. And you can start telling that story next week. Just stop mentioning Vince McMahon. Stop mentioning Triple H. Stop mentioning the WWE. Because you are AEW. You've got the viewers. You've got more viewers than NXT. Even though the number's dropping, who cares? You can hold that to your hat and say people are interested in the show. Use that. Say that. Right, Mike? I think that's fair. We can at least say people are interested in the show. I agree with you that the the viewership is hot garbage number that doesn't matter in today's um, audience viewership or whatever. But at least you know people are interested. Almost a, a, a million, however you want to interpret that number, which is actually not the way to interpret that number. But any hoozles. When you've got CM Punk doing the 
you know, professional athlete or former performer, performance artist that used to do your thing. If there's if there's skating on, if there's figure skating on, they have former pro figure skaters talking about it. So here's a pro wrestler telling you a guy who did the pipe bomb to stop talking about the WWE. So if anybody has thought like, man, these two <laughs> boobs on Brothers of Discussion and given AEW a hard time, I if the guy who delivered the pipe bomb, which I I've I, I've listened to my brother, that was a great promo. I was kind of pissy about it a couple months ago. But that's the guy that delivered the pipe bomb and he's telling you to stick to the script. Like stick to what the story should be. It's <laughs> bringing up wwe mike those that that has to be the best advice aew can get that's yeah that's that's uh i think that's a fair nit to pick um we we don't need to keep doing that i think week one it was fine but uh, this this might still be something where we got to be a little bit patient because i know people are still kind of tuning in to you know figure out what this is um you know, they're they're like, oh, there's there's Cody Rhodes. I remember him. There's Jericho. I, I kind of remember him. So it's I I, I don't want to keep making excuses for them, but it's it's just so early in the game. I, I can't uh, like I, I, we have to responsibly be critical and not just, you know, let it let garbage slide through. But I think that, Matt, I, I think you I'm going to concede the point. I think that in this instance, <laughs> stop it. Just stop it. You're your own show. I think you have a lot of really cool quirks that other wrestling programs don't have, like the tag team matches that we talked about. Maybe some twerks to the philosophies, but but I think you're on the right track. I think that I'm interested to see more. Um, Let's kind of move into some more tidbits here because we're kind of making that turn, that final turn into the kind of towards the end of the show. Um, uh, Real quick, real quick. Yeah, well, kind of a bummer. Uh, real quick, just get it out of the way because we have fun stuff coming. Uh, looks like Xavier oh, Woods already... really did mess up yeah, his Achilles. Yeah, we talked about it. Uh, he it might be out about twelve coming. months. Um, yeah, it. We're just thinking, Sorry. everybody. Hope you, you know, use that weird thing that wrestlers seem to magically heal from injuries sooner than you know regular humans do. Uh, but yeah, uh, this week we're kind of doing some pimping out for uh, the Saudi Arabia show, so. Um, Ric Flair got to cut. I I think was a promo. Uh, he just kind of turned into the Swedish chef, Matt. I think but, you have a clip uh, for us, Mike. There was something better that happened before that. Um, Ric Flair made his announcement. Oh no! And the return of everyone's favorite Scottish psychopath, Drew McIntyre, coming in as Ric Flair's. I don't know. What was that? Was that number four or number five? I gotta say, Matt, I don't think it's... I don't think it's a coincidence. <laughs> Look, I... I want you to play this well... out, and I'm gonna wait for it to tune back down here. Um, very recently, it, uh, news broke that, uh, you know, sometimes after you have a child, yeah. like, the intimate times kind of go on the back burner. I don't think it's a coincidence that the Monday night after Drew McIntyre's return, Matt was back in the intimate times with Mrs. Matt. 
I, I got to think just a little bit of that boner can be credited to Drew McIntyre's return. Matt, your thoughts? <laughs> I'm just kidding, baby. <laughs> um, I, I, I was excited, and I was happy to see Drew McIntyre finally get just like a clean victory. Well, you know, as, as clean as, as a heel can get. A clean victory over Ricochet. Um, Jesus, how long has he been selling to Ricochet? Um, and, and God bless Ricochet, but man, we're talking about a guy who should be gunning for the universal championship. But, uh, Mike, this is what you were talking about right in the middle of the match. Let's listen to the Swedish chef from, from the Muppet show, uh, 1970 to 1979, I think something like that. Uh, Swedish chef made an appearance on uh, Monday night raw. promos i've ever heard uh i tried to make light of it on twitter and people were like that's the legend rick flair i know i don't want to hear that the guy sounded like he's losing his mind it's over that's right chris jericho you know michael jordan was a legend and he's not lacing him up against Kawhi leonard just stop it's over my god this poor guy Matt, you know, let's do this. Let's move into Saudi Arabia because I kind of want to see if we can recalibrate our expectations here. Ric Flair is on our TV turning into Swedish chef to accommodate the wishes of a rich, rich Saudi Arabian prince who apparently only has VHS tapes from about, you know, 1980 to 2002 because he only (laughs) knows wrestlers that wrestled during that time period. Now, I can't blame him. If I only had VHS tapes for wrestling in that time period, of course I'd want to see Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan go at it. There's no there's no question. I'd want to see Brock Lesnar. I'd want to see The Undertaker. I don't care how old they are. These are the only guys I know and love. So, Matt, let's recalibrate the thoughts you're so, here. You're so excited. You're starting to sound like Ric Flair. I want to see you come Friday back. night. We're going Friday night. We're Cleveland, Chicago. Hulk Hogan. Ric Flair tonight. Woo! You're, uh, you're just so you know, your sound is like off the charts right now. So pull, pull it back a little bit. Reel it in. I'm going to try to reel it in. Hulk Hogan! Friday night! Woo! Uh, I just. Like, I heard this amazing point where somebody said, okay, there's a lot of people grumbling about Crown Jewel, including the brothers of discussion. However, how interesting is it? That every every year now, this is a couple years running, the WWE creative team has to compile a pay-per-view with some sort of build, and it's non-canonical. So essentially, 
between every great Star Wars movie, there's another Star Wars movie that a Saudi Arabian prince gets to pick all the characters in. And it has to come out, be in theaters, and it's just not connected to anything else. And everyone just is okay with it. I, okay. What a here's, miracle that is. Here's the thing. I've, yeah. I haven't thought about this till you just said what you said. I am a collector of X-Men comics. Yes. But they do an annual that has nothing to do with the story you're right in the middle of. So if there's any company that set the precedent for doing this, it's Marvel Comics. (laughs) Which right now, Marvel owns the highest grossing... (laughs) So I I was not prepared to come in with this uh, retort. To come in with, yeah. you know, the, the counter example. But there is one. So Marvel Comics has been doing this for years. I mean, this is when you see Spider-Man come in and do, a, a, like, in the middle of an X-Men story. Spider-Man jumps in and does a story about a baby that gets lost. And then Iceman has to come help Spider-Man. And they kind of have, like, a cute little, hey, hey, hey. It's also the longest comic in like a story like in the middle of a story it'll be the longest comic you get will be the comic that has nothing to do with anything you saw before it anything to do with anything after it and it never gets brought up again spider-man showed up but nobody's like hey remember when spider-man was here last week nope doesn't happen so (laughs) if there's any company that has set the precedent for this working in Uh their strategy it's the company that owns the highest grossing film of all time. <laughs> I'm not saying there is any sort of connection there or that anybody from WWE has said this in any of their strategy meetings, but there it is. <laughs> all right. I mean, I think... It was a stupid idea from Bad Tree. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> I think that... I am so bad that I have drops now. We're going to be I like morning radio. Gonna... I'm not going to watch every second of Crowd Jewel, but I think what I'm doing when I heard that opinion is at least I'm feeling sympathy for the writers who don't get a choice <laughs> in what you know Vince McMahon wants to line the pockets with. And honestly, the writers are getting a bonus from that. In some capacity, they're getting a little bump from this crazy Saudi Arabian situation where this you know tyrannical, uh, sexist egotistical guy is booking his own WWE show. So imagine being the writer who's got to try and make that some sort of cohesive story for a couple hours. Like you have to invent another reason for a Royal Rumble with no build. You got to have a tag team. You got to have a best in the world championship tournament with Shane McMahon winning. Now this year, you're going to have a best tag team in the world tournament that doesn't mean anything past crown jewel. You got to build up all these things to be nothing a week after Crown Jewel. <laughs> what an unenviable task. What a what a bitch that is. And somehow these poor bastards get in the room, look at each other and just Well, let's have Rick Flair name all the cities he knows in the Midwest and uh, we'll go from there. Hulk Hogan. Uh, We're going Friday night Chicago, Cleveland. I know where we are. You know, it's just, it's did, a nightmare. Uh, did everybody delete their Twitter account? Okay, good. Let's let the, uh, um, let the meeting commence. Yeah. 
Well, real quick, Matt, your hot take on WWE 2K20 being an absolute nightmare. Or is this I, is this overblown or is it true? So, is it, I I mean, you you could make the argument that maybe this was just like AEW stands just coming out of the woodwork going, "Look at look at it." Like playing for literally hours just to find something. That's not the case. I mean, <laughs> we all saw the Bianca Belair bullshit with her hair just like a stiff snake coming off of her head (laughs) but then the game released and it's now like a thing on youtube is you're gonna get famous because you have an awesome glitch from the wwe 2k game yeah um it's so bad that 2k finally made a statement and said hey we hear you this game sucks we're gonna try and fix it in two weeks which obviously isn't gonna happen no but if you want a quick hot take i am so glad i did not buy this game because we were inviting people to come out and do royal rumbles with us mike you can't tag in your buddy into the mat you can't become your buddy once you tag him in you just gotta hope that the computer nails it (laughs) when you tag him in how is that a wrestling video game how in god's name do you do a tag match and you have to hope that the computer gets it what (laughs) all right um so i mean the worst probably this will go down in history is the worst wrestling game of all time and when when you talk about bad graphics we've we've all seen the terrible graphics like um the the glitches are one thing the bad graphics are another but the just the actual gameplay and the things that they've quote-unquote improved which are um you know summoning demons mid-match right because that's that's how i want my realistic wrestling simulation to work um all that you know make that go away why did they you know why wasn't there a focus on the graphics why wasn't there a focus on on making sure these glitches weren't an issue it's just the wrong focus on the wrong things and to me i laid it out as this is this is just a bad xerox copy of the lat of last year's game um meaning of course the graphics would get worse yeah. The gameplay would just have a few misses from, you know, just going deeper into the details. But, uh, I mean, IGN, who has historically rated these 2K games very low, even though IGN gets first dibs on who, like, they do tournaments for this game. They're allowed to look at this game first. They still give it low ratings. And this year they gave it an E, or a 5 out of 10. So... Like, just even the even the companies that they they bow down to and say please give us a good rating it's just it's bad all around but uh yeah i don't know how it got through um like i don't know if it was rushed or something like that but it's 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 almost like the graphics regressed um where um like you took a generic wrestler shape and then just kind of wrapped a wrestler's like skin around the orb like the head orb on top. Yeah. Like it doesn't correlate to what we would traditionally call a human face. And it feels like they've done that in past iterations. Um, not necessarily 2K. I don't want to give them credit, but I mean, you know, games we played 2000, 2001, 2002 arguably looked more realistic. So I, I don't know. Kind of a nightmare. I'm, I'm probably not going to buy it this year. And I, I thought this was the year to do it. Man, let's close the show with. Um, it was a stupid idea from bad creative. Thank you, Chris. Uh, <laughs> one thing that has gotten a lot of uh, a lot of rumbles, a lot of grumbles, uh, rumbles and grumbles. I just like saying that. 
Yeah, um, I, I like sounding like Willem Dafoe in the new movie, The Lighthouse, who's just a cantankerous old lighthouse keeper. Anyway, uh, WWE and AEW, uh, they don't know how to put over their young talent. That's been the blanket, uh, lazy statement. A lot like WWE creative doesn't know what they're doing, which, you know, we talk about it. It's not true. They just make mistakes. People focus on the mistakes and not look at the good stuff. So, Matt, the big question we're going to end this episode with is young talent getting over. And I want to give you a few examples, kind of let you digest it for a second. And then uh, kind of share your opinion here with who you think has done a strong job of getting that talent over. Okay? Because we've seen different versions of this. Um, We saw Seth Rollins this week battle... um, Humberto Carrillo. Um, it wasn't the main event. It was, you know, towards the end. Uh, Humberto definitely got, you know, about, uh, you know, over 10 minutes, you know, to get his stuff in. Uh, he's a handsome dude with his uh, little Humberto dimples, I think. Um, his Power Ranger outfit. Absolutely. Who doesn't think Power Rangers are hot? Uh, we had Darby Allen going up against Chris Jericho. So, you know, a title match where the wins and losses matter in AEW. Uh, we had Cameron Grimes. We talked about it earlier going against, uh, successively Adam Cole, uh, Riddle, and in the near future, it looks like Tyler Bate. Uh, we had private party in AEW, um, getting a huge upset against the young bucks in that tag tournament. And then Montez and Angelo, the street profits, they got their first win, uh, this past Monday. Montez was in the crowd kissing babies um that was really cute it was and i guess you know i i got about five examples for you there um so the young talents would be street profits private party cameron grimes darby allen then humberto it's not necessarily which of those guys is going to succeed or um you know which company is doing it better but which company is doing it better no uh what i was gonna ask is like which of those um (laughs) Like setups for the young guy, do you think probably is most effective? <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, seeing seeing the street profits actually get a win. Like we've seen, we've seen the Humberto Carrillos come through and have a gosh darn good match and have it mean nothing. Um, you know, maybe we could have made the argument a while ago. Uh, years ago, we were saying like, "Wow, isn't that great?" Sami Zayn almost beat John Cena. What's Sami Zayn doing right now? Exactly. I I just we can't really celebrate for any of these guys until they're actually celebrating themselves in the ring. And I'm so proud of myself for saying that because I am now one glass of wine deep. I polished off a bottle of. Uh, beer barrel bourbon <laughs> from um, New Holland. That's how heavy that bottle is, if you heard that. Um, so I'm getting a little tipsy right now, but I, I think that's... Oh, I just reached for a ledge that wasn't there. Um, we should probably wrap up. But I'll stick with the uh, once a guy wins, that's that's when the good'uns get good and... Um, uh, I, let me you know, let me say this. It was a stupid idea from bad creative. 
I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Um, here's what I'm going to say. I, I think that the Street Profits have had the best build, and it's because it wasn't a series of vignettes. Uh, it wasn't a series of squash matches against, you know, local talent. They just let these guys talk. Um, I, I, I don't know how much of it was scripted. I think if it was super scripted, I would, I would be shocked because this sounds like whenever Montez and Angela were talking, you know, it, it doesn't seem like the smoke and fam, uh, like slaying that doesn't seem like it's coming from a writing room. It seems way too authentic. Um, and I think part of it is not just what the segments are, but the talent. So I think of all those guys that we talked about, the guys who've been built the best are Montez and Angelo Dawkins of the Street Street Profits. Um, they, uh, you know, the best way to get somebody over is with stories, not not necessarily with you know just winning matches, because you know we we know in WWE the the ebb and flow fifty fifty booking. You want to get over, you got to make us care about your character. And I, I feel like of all those people, um, you know, Darby Allen is kind of the, you know, the dark skateboard emo skater boy. You know, Humberto is the Power just kind of grinning G uh, shucks 205 live guy. Cameron Grimes has a hat. That's his character. Private party. You know, they have an entrance. I, the one group I think that has gotten the most mic time, and I, I don't think that it's because, well, let's just see if, if they can handle it. I think they do they could handle it. I think these guys are going to be megastars. And it's because oh, it's they're the so damned charismatic. The Street Profits. So I, I think that's... It's kind of two things, Matt, so I'm kind of talking out of both sides. That's the magic of criticizing wrestling, but it was so effective because these guys are so good at their job, but getting these characters over should be priority one and then the wrestling. So I think when they, you know, are doing their, you know, their gyrations and their, you know, the hands shaking and, you know, the excitement, just literal excitement to talk about matches. They're not even involved in those segments. Whoever designed those, you know, is essentially like the, like carnival barkers for all of Monday night raw and SmackDown for a couple weeks. That was great. It made us learn that they actually care about this industry um, and that they have like electricity just running through their veins. So as far as getting young talent over, they're doing it with Montez and Angelo. So that's another spot where you can, you know, put to bed that lazy trope of WWE creative, not knowing what they're doing. Well, I'll say this, like it's a, it's a win now. The, the real way to analyze this stuff is a couple months from now. Um, that that'll be my my last thought but um you know mike with that i feel like it looks like we are at uh the end of our list of notes so it's about time that we start reminding everybody to head over to bodpodcast.com brothersdiscussion.com and at bodpodcast to make sure you get all of the details of uh the week in pro wrestling from the brothers of discussion and uh i hope Everybody enjoys their weekend. I hope that you uh, we're we're about uh, we've got half hour left you know in SmackDown, what? and I'm I'm not Friday, Matt. It's Friday, and the weekend is coming. Woo. There goes the blowed out microphone. All right, everybody. I hope that uh, you enjoy the weekend. Bye.